This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to Season 2, Episode number 18 of Keeping Up with the Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your co-host of the pod, Tyler Bell, coming from the beautiful Banff, Alberta, in the heart of the Canadian Rockies, and just like always, joined by fellow co-host of the pod, Alec Durham. How's it going today, bud? Oh, man, it's just going all over the place just like every nhl gm right now trades are flying everywhere i mean you got pulo yarvi's going to carolina now a usa d prospect who i think is pretty good going from anaheim to san jose and then kraken fans you'll all remember marcus johansson well he's going back to minnesota this time from washington shit's happening man Dude, my brain is in a blender trying to keep up with all the trades happening today. It feels like today's the trade deadline. It's insane all the moves that have been made within the last five, six hours of the day. I know, right? Like It's basically just this weekend was you wake up and it's go time. Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. And, And we'll get into some of those trades a little bit later on in this episode and uh, break down a couple of them, some of the ones we like, of course, and and maybe a reason why Seattle hasn't made any moves, too. So we'll touch on that for sure. But let's jump into a couple of the games that the Kraken just played last week, Durham. Oh, yeah. Had a hell of a game against the Bruins. I mean, the other game against the Leafs was kind of a shit show. But, oh, my God, against the best team in the league, that was one hell of a game. Dude, that was a fantastic game. I mean, you know, they don't come away with the win and that sucks especially playing a game like that you know they drop a 6-5 you know nail biter that was just a seesaw of a battle but can we just appreciate how good of a hockey game that really was oh those were some of my favorite games like both goalies let's be honest they played well they weren't like letting in real stinkers both teams had to earn their goals which you don't really get to say in a 6-5 game and like neither team led by more than one. So it was, like you said, an absolute battle back and forth, just a seesaw fest. It, it was, and it felt like a playoff atmosphere in the game. And yeah, Matty Beneers starting things off with a nice little snipe of his own, just walking in, basically get a three on two uh, to start the game and just 40 seconds in. And Matty Beneers basically just decides he wants to keep it and absolutely rips it in for the opening goal. Yeah, 40 seconds into the game, the young blood was just pumping there. It gets his 19th of the season. Yeah, his 19th. Boston, just like we said, no uh, two-goal game, so Boston would answer right back on uh, a really, really pretty passing play by the Bruins. Yeah, that was just some nice tic-tac-toe tap in, eh? Yeah, exactly. You just had too many people 
uh, kind of puck watching and, and like Pavel Zaka. Well, I mean, Pasternak makes this nice play to Pavel Zaka who's beside the net. And then he basically makes a no look pass to, to Krejci and he's able to bury it top shelf and a uh, close one for Grubauer, but he just wasn't able to, to, to beat the puck there. Yeah, and for being such a high-scoring game, unfortunately, that's all you're going to see for the first 20 minutes is just one goal each. But don't worry, it's Vince Dunn coming out strong again for the Kraken at the start of the period, minute 17 in. Yeah, nice blast there. Uh, just off the face-off, just walks in and picks his his spot, and, and that gives him 10 goals on the year, Derm. He hits double digits. Yeah, and we only had, I believe it was one defenseman last year do that, correct? Carson Soucy? Yeah, one defenseman last year, and that was Susie, and and uh, this year it's done. And you know, obviously, he's a defenseman who's taken over with the offense this year and exploded. So, uh, no surprise that he he eventually hit that ten digit mark, or sorry, multi multi goal mark. Ten digit mark in goals. Holy shit! What did I just not... say? My brain's in a blender today. How much is that? Is that like? 100 million no that's nine i think 100 million is nine that's a billion goals yeah that would be impressive old wayno would be proud <laughs> but yeah i mean after i just fumbled my shit there um pasternak what a freaking oh, goal God. to respond like this boston team is just incredible and Pasternak just shows off exactly why he's got 42 Genos in his back pocket this year because he absolutely just undresses Adam Larson for this goal. Yeah, that was honestly just disgusting. And anybody watching that, you couldn't be like, you can't be mad. That was just an awesome offensive play by a guy who broke out a couple years ago and is definitely going to be making bank this summer. Easily, dude. Easily. 12 million dollar contract i think coming his way oh for sure especially with his agent going to be playing up the whole oh there's a big tv deal coming pay the man yeah no kidding like he he's gonna get paid big time um but jumping back into this one it was 2-2 in the second and we've seen this incredible glove save from philip grubauer that just robs brad marchand on the side of the net there just flashing the, the leather and unfortunately the bruins just kept pushing and you know bergeron throws another shot on net later in that second period and uh, it just happens to bounce right to marchand and he makes no mistake and buries this one and gives boston their first lead of the game yeah he wasn't going to be denied twice in a row that pesky son of a bitch brad marchand unfortunately yeah. No kidding. And then literally 58 seconds later, scoring again for this time it's Seattle coming back. And, you know, this time you get to see the fourth line making an impact in the game. And Morgan Geeky uh, bringing that puck into the zone is able to just hold it on his backhand, you know, create an angle for himself and then throws it back towards the point for a streaking big rig who comes in and pops his seventh of the season. Yeah, and you're going to see Jesper Froden get an apple on that one too. And in his Kraken debut, picks up his first point with Seattle against the team that signed him to an NHL deal last year. Yeah, which is pretty neat to see. I mean, Jess, you know, Froden, who's been racking up the points in the AHL, it's nice to see him uh, contributing in his first game with the Kraken. Unfortunately, what wasn't nice to see was, like we talked about, Boston being such a threat shorthanded that old man duo of Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand are going to connect again. Now it's four, three Boston, not the power play we were looking for. 
Not exactly. Not the power play you're looking for. A bit of a sloppy turnover maybe from the point from Vince Dunn. But, uh, I mean, these two penalty killers, Bergeron and Marchand, have been, uh, you know, at the top of their game, especially penalty killing, right? It's They're such a threat. So they're able to get a two-on-one, and they make no mistake there. And, and that's another tough one for Grubauer to stop. And then they're going to right their wrong, though, on the same power play, actually. And we're going to get Yanni Gord burying his ninth of the season from Beneers and Eberle. Oh, I thought that said both getting 23rd assists. And I was like, what are the fucking chances of that? But one's a 33, which makes a lot more sense because I knew Eberle had like 31 the other day. Yeah, uh, Gordy, Gordo getting back on the board, too, on the power play. He's one one goal away from hitting double digits, too, uh, for goals this season. And, uh, yeah, that was a nice one, especially with that much time remaining. Uh, just to be able to tie it up before the end of that period was big. Yeah, and even though it was the end of the period, it is going to be the Kraken's first time getting back-to-back goals at the start, or not the start, but in the third period there, 15-50 into it, and it's Jaden Schwartz getting on the board his 13th of the year. Yeah, giving them that lead. Uh, nice little tip in, too, from Schwartz right there, and that'd give the Kraken the lead, but, uh, you know, some late-game heroics from Boston. Uh, starting off with Brandon Carlo is able to just sneak one in there. Yeah, and as much as it sucks that, you know, the Bruins scored, it is kind of nice to see Carlo getting back into the game with so many concussion issues that he's had, right? Like, being a young guy, too, and miss so many games for the Bruins on the back end. It is. He's a he's a guy who wasn't, like, a highly touted prospect, but was able to step into that Bruins lineup at a pretty young age and be pretty consistent. But like you said, obviously, he's had some of those concussion issues, but good to see him kind of being consistent back in the league again. And then, unfortunately, Jake DeBrusque is going to seal it. 6-5 Boston gets his 19th of the year with about a minute and a half left in the game. Just a heartbreaker, but what do you do here? I mean, you, 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 I, you know, there's a board battle, and Bjorkstrand loses a board battle to Marshawn, and, and that top line is just able to, you know, keep the Kraken hemmed in a bit there, and... Jake DeBrus just is able to tip this perfect shot and it goes top shelf. And that, that's another one that you just can't blame on Grubauer. That was a perfectly placed tip. And, you know, unfortunately that was the game winner and the crack and weren't able to tie it in, in the, the remaining minute 38 that was left. Yeah. I mean, those tip goals, like those really, you can't blame the goalie. Those are so hard to be able to react to, right? Like, Oh, big time, big time. I mean, you know, they didn't come out with the win, but this was an exciting game. It was a fun game, playoff atmosphere. I thought the Kraken played a pretty good game. I, You know, there's a couple times, you know, that some of those goals probably led to or were led to by, you know, missed opportunities to win puck battles and just maybe not being as aggressive enough on those puck battles that maybe led to some of those goals against, but... This was a really good game. I mean, they outshot Boston 41-33. Like, the pressure was on the whole game. It was exciting. Yeah, one of those, because, I mean, last year, Seattle was really so far out of it that they didn't really get that playoff vibe game because other teams weren't entirely geared up to go as if it was Boston versus Tampa Bay, say, last year in the regular season. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whereas this year they're in the fight. So you got teams really having to grind out their games against them. So I think last night was the first real look at a playoff atmosphere game 
for a few of these guys, Veneers especially. It's important to see him get that kind of experience. Oh, big time, right? These are games that, uh, yeah, they do a lot for the growth of these players. And, man, Matty Veneers and some of the other players on this team who maybe don't have that type of playoff experience yet, uh, this is good for them. It's good for their growth. And and they're going to have to... You learn from some of these games, even if you don't come away with the the victory, it's it's important for sure. But you know that was an exciting game. The next game later in the week against Toronto, not so much, Durham. I know. And are we uh are we saving breaking trades for when we talk about them later? Should I just write that one down? Ooh, uh, I mean, yeah, it just just came through, so I'll write it down. Yeah, go for it. Write it down. Um, but yeah, we'll jump right into this one against Toronto. I know I, I feel like you refresh Twitter, you know, every time today, and there's a new trade. So oh, it's excited to hear what it is. Ridiculous today. Like, like you <laughs> say, you man. you put your phone down and it goes off, and it goes. We have a trade to announce. Dude, Fuck my phone off, Gary. It's blowing up right now. There's nothing I could do. It's it's just wild. Uh, but this is a game I wasn't able to see. You know, busy day at work, uh, and for the most part. I don't know if this is one I would have enjoyed watching because it looks like the Kraken threw up a bit of a stinker in this game against the Leafs, Durham. Yeah, this definitely was not a game that you'd want to watch as a Seattle fan. You were definitely more excited for this game if you were a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Yeah, like great start, obviously. I mean, they opened up the scoring. Vince Dunn scoring in back-to-back games gives him 11 on the season. So, uh, you know, you got to like that start. But other than that, it was pretty downhill. I mean, I didn't get to watch the game, but just watching the highlights of the next three Leaf goals, you know, Mark Giordano, of course, scoring against his former team, the Kraken. And yeah, I didn't uh, know that one was coming too, eh? Yeah, a bit of a soft one, I'd say, for Grubauer there, who was, who was back in the net, obviously, you know, kind of been taking over that number one spot like we talked about. And that one was a bit of a sneaker that just found a way through him, a bit of a weak one, but he was big time screened on that too. Well, plus he's probably exhausted from having to just play that hell of a game against Boston. Yeah, maybe a little bit of that tiredness kicking in, but yeah, the Leafs weren't done there. Tavares with 27, you know, that makes it a 2-1 game and Liljegren makes it 3-1. And those were just in the first period and, the one denominator, common denominator of the, those three goals, it just seemed like uh, Seattle was just hemmed into their own zone, like all period for these goals. It, it just seemed like Toronto was able to take advantage of that. Yeah, I kind of just kept it in there and wore them down a bit. You know, the old, you're going to get a lot more tired playing defense than you are playing offense. And they obviously took that to heart and just ran it around the zone kind of like you said worked everybody in just bagged them down and then took full advantage of the tired skaters yeah and they just uh never had an opportunity to get back in the game and didn't didn't, uh i heard heard there was good goaltending from the toronto side of things but other than that yeah it just it just felt like there wasn't enough push yeah and then in the second and third period there i mean eventually as the game goes on the more chances you give him the more matthews is going to score so he's going to get his 27th and his 28th goals of the year and that was going to you know kill the kraken's chances of really any opportunity to come back in this game yeah unfortunate too you got you got these two you know big opponents in the east two beasts out of the east that you're facing at home and you you come away with zero points you know, out of a possible floor, which 
not exactly the, the thing you want right now for the Kraken, especially with how they've kind of fallen out of contention, not not like crazy, but starting to slide down a bit into the, you know, that wild final wildcard position there in the West. And, uh, you know, with Calgary being pretty much the team right there, that's battling with them. You're going to have to find a way to, you know, make some more ground off, uh, off that flames team and, and, uh, position yourself better for this playoff run. Yeah. The only luck you have really is everyone below Calgary, like Nashville, St. Louis, Vancouver, they've all kind of started selling off, right? So like you say, you're really in a fight with Calgary and Winnipeg's right there too with only 71 points for those last two spots. Yeah, yeah, I know. And that's that's something pretty intriguing as well. So, uh, But we talked about it last pod. This was going to be a really tough week for the Kraken. It's only two games, but you know, you, you were going to be lucky to come away with points, I think. And you know, they came really close against Boston and, you know, they come away with a with a season series that is tied one game each. So you can't be too disappointed there You know, when Boston setting records this year and still doesn't even have 10 regular regular uh, losses this year. Regulation losses. Yeah, and I think they that game they beat Boston was regulation, correct? Uh, it was. Yeah, it was in regulation when they did. And I think uh, they've only got eight losses in regulation, so. To be one and, of the eight, you're pretty confident. And at the same time, you split the season series with the Leafs as well. And funny enough, it was back in January 5th when you beat the Leafs 5-1, and now you dropped one in your own barn 5-1 against the Leafs. So it was a bit of a trade-off. Even though it looked bad losing two, it was a bit of a trade-off. Yeah, how many times do you come out 500 in the series and goals for and against against a team? Yeah, it's uh, it's not too often, but uh, pretty pretty cool that it happened that way. Yeah, I certainly do enjoy it when the stats line up, big numerology kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, not a not a successful week for the Kraken, but looking ahead to next week, Durham, they're going on a bit of a road trip, and this is a real good opportunity to start getting points back on the board here. Yeah, I mean, like we said, a bunch of teams in the West are kind of starting to sell off. And what you're looking at over the next week here when they're out road tripping is three of the four teams you're playing aren't currently in a playoff spot. Exactly. And these are opportunities to start to get uh, points back on the board. And you have a big game against St. Louis tonight, and that's where you could start things off. Yeah, you got a perfect time to pounce on a struggling Blues team here. And, you know, since they traded their... I guess ex-captain now in Ryan O'Reilly. The coach has ripped their big money players a new arsehole. They've lost five straight. They've got a league worst eight goals four, and they're being outscored three to one over those five games. Like St. Louis is broken right now. Yeah, this is a team that's not heading in the right direction. And a lot of rumors that they were looking to maybe use some of those assets they've acquired in recent trades to acquire maybe a big piece right now and do a bit of a quick retool on the go. But uh, I don't know, Durham. I, I think, I think the best thing for this team is to see where their pick ends up and then maybe look at the off season to make a move like that. Yeah. I think that makes the most sense. Not trying to just make your team way better now and giving up your first round pick. Like you say, just see where your pick ends up. And if you're going to give up first rounders, it's going to be the one you get from 
the Rangers for Tarasenko, the one you get from Toronto for O'Reilly. Like, it's not going to be your pick this year. You're already writing it off and just seeing what you're getting. Exactly. And uh, this is going to be an interesting game tonight. And, you know, some roster changes have been made for the Kraken. And obviously, they're going with Martin Jones. So Jones is getting put back in net for tonight's tonight's battle so no problems with that at all but the one interesting thing Durham is this is the first time that the third line has been changed up since January 1st literally all year yeah literally and uh, we're seeing Oliver Bjorkstrand getting put on the second line with Wenberg and Schwartz for this one and uh, Ryan Donato getting slotted in in his spot there so it's not like drastic changes but it is some changes yeah, I think you're kind of seeing a bit of familiarity there, maybe trying to get Bjorkstrand going, right? Like, he he knows Wenberg from his Columbus days, and they were both in that organization together for a bit, and their chemistry should kind of mesh together because Wenberg's obviously a very much pass-first player, and Bjorkstrand, the guy wants to shoot the puck. Yeah, I think what you said uh, just makes total sense. I think they got to find a way to get Bjorkstrand going a bit more and and bring some more consistency to the offense side of his game. Yeah, that'd be great if you could get that right. Pull the offense out of him. I mean, he hasn't been the player that they signed. Like, no doubt about it. Like, this this is a guy who should be a 25-goal scorer pretty consistently, and he just hasn't been that this year. Uh, so giving giving him some more minutes, getting like you said, giving him somebody he's maybe familiar with with his days back with Columbus when where Alexander Wenberg and, and he played together and kind of came up a little bit together through the system too. So um, this is an opportunity to kind of – hopefully find some more offense in Bjorkstrand's game. And and you're getting put on a line too with Jaden Schwartz, a guy who uh, maybe can uh, can work on some of the battles down low in the corners, win some of the puck battles and and uh, create some openings for Oliver Bjorkstrand because we know Wenberg loves to pass and Bjorkstrand loves to shoot. So uh, excited to see what this combo could bring tonight. Yeah, unfortunately, that was kind of the knock on Bjorkstrand when he came over, right, was his consistency. Like, he was a goal scorer, and when he was hot, he was hot. But when he wasn't hot, it took a long while to get going again, and that seems to be sticking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Another good key move, too, that they're putting in the lineup is, uh, you know, Froden being a scratch after after his first game and uh, getting Daniel Sprong back in the mix of things on the fourth line with Geeky and Tanev. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big Spronger fan and uh, you know, it's been a bit, been a bit of a head scratcher with how much he's been scratched lately. So I'm excited to get him back in the lineup because this team needs to start scoring more goals. Ding dong, Daniel Sprong. He might create a lot of offense at both ends, but so far this year, it's been working out good for Seattle. It has been, and I predict a Spronger goal tonight, Durham. I, I think he pops one in the back of the net. Against the struggling St. Louis Blues? I yeah, like it. I like it. Might uh, might be looking at DraftKings to put a little bet on that before the game starts, and uh, yeah, yeah, it would be nice and exciting. Get Spronger back on the, the train of the goal train here, baby. Get him rolling into Detroit on Thursday night, too. 
Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that would be the next matchup Thursday, March 2nd, you know, entering the month of March, which is going to be a a huge, huge month for the Kraken to determine just where they end up playing in the uh, in the playoffs, baby, if they are able to take advantage of this schedule they have coming up. But this is a Detroit team that has been playing really good hockey as of late, Durham. Yeah, I mean, we just played them a few games ago, so we all know what kind of hockey they're playing. And right now, the Wings are dangerous. They just beat, and I know you're going to say, it's, ah, oh, fucking Washington, whatever. Yeah, they still beat Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. They just took down the New York Rangers, who have been kind of struggling, actually, the last few games. And they had a hell of a game against the Tampa Bay Lightning since Seattle played them last. Although, they just got stomped by your Ottawa Senators last night. Yeah, which uh, which is pretty interesting because obviously they'll play again tonight against the Sens in Ottawa. They'll have the day off and then it'll be three games and four nights for, for Detroit. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of team you're facing. And I think with the way I didn't get to see the matchup last night, but it sounded like the Detroit did was easily pushed around. So if there's something that, Seattle could maybe take away from looking at some of the game game footage is uh, you can probably find a little bit more success against Detroit. If you're able to push them around a bit and play, play a faster game against them. Uh, You know, Seattle was, you know, fortunate enough to get that four, two victory against them earlier this season. So I think you're probably expecting much of the same in this matchup. Yeah. I actually funny enough watched, I don't know, half of that Ottawa Detroit game pretty casually there. And, it was, like you said, Brady Kachuk just did what he fucking wanted to that team. Just shoved everyone around. Moritz Sider tried getting into it a bit, but he didn't really have a whole lot of help with anybody else on the Red Wings. And Maybe it just wasn't their night, but oh, Ottawa manhandled them. So well, there's if you're a, there's the Seattle Kraken, yeah. you've got to bring physicality. There was a point in the game where Kachuk skated to their bench, ta- like literally taunted the whole bench and said, like, who, who effing wants it? Like who effing wants it? <laughs> like, and there is no response. So, uh, not not the greatest look for Detroit there. Yeah, no, you definitely need somebody to step up. But at the same time, can you like everyone? I'm sure in that locker room was hoping it would be Cider. But if you're sitting there hoping your sophomore defenseman is going to be the guy to step up to Brady Kachuk for you every time, then you need someone to grow a pair on that fucking team. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, the Kraken have a couple players who, uh, no doubt in my mind, have no trouble dropping those mitts. Yeah, you think Jamie Alexiak's going to be scared of anybody over there? Yeah, hell to the no. He's probably looking at everyone pulling the Brady Kachuk, like who fucking wants it? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so this is not another opportunity to get a couple big points on the board and Going into the very next night, Friday, March 3rd, they're uh, they're in Columbus and Durham, you know, you're on the second of a back-to-back, but you have to find points against Columbus. Especially when they appear to be trading Corpusalo. We don't know where yet, but he's going somewhere today. Everyone's yeah, he, fucking going somewhere today. Yeah, everybody's on the move. It's insane, but like you said, Corpusalo, a goalie who has some really good underlying numbers for Columbus, especially as of late. So no doubt why they want to maybe get him on the move and, and get a nice little return, right? There's there's no you know, nothing else going on with the team. They're 19, 35, and 6. 
they've struggled mightily with a ton of injuries this year. I think they're what first or second in the NHL for lost games due to injury. So they've had it pretty rough this season. Well, I mean, they lost Wierenski like what four or five games into the year for the yeah. whole year. So the whole hurt. year, and and that's your stud defenseman, maybe your best player on your team. So that's a huge blow right there. Not just that, but he's the guy who's basically the face of your franchise in Columbus, at least like who's been left from that team from the last five years. That's good. Him. Jones <laughs> Him. is gone. Bobrovsky's gone. Panarin's gone. Line just got there like a year like, and a half ago. Boone Jenner is the best. If you're so if you're Boone. looking at Boone Jenner and Wierenski, it's Wierenski is the guy that you're marketing. So they haven't had him. But the one thing I will say and give their D a little bit of credit for is during the last month, they've kind of figured it out in the goals against department. Now, whether that's because Corpus Allo's had such fantastic numbers or the D kind of helped them out a little and figured their shit out in the D zone, I don't know. But they were a top 10 league top 10 team in the league for goals against this month. Yeah, they've, uh, that's a really good point. They've, they've done well with keeping goals out of their net, but they just struggle mightily with, with scoring. So that's where the Kraken definitely have to take advantage of that. And, and uh, you, you know, hopefully get two big points and keep on moving up the, the ladder of the standings in this one. This should be a team where you're not going to get scored on very much, like you just said. So if you can get two or three, that's got to be a win. Big time. And uh, one more game to wrap up the week, and it is no doubt the toughest opponent you're going to face all week, and that's the Colorado Avalanche on uh, on Sunday, Durham. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. Colorado is absolutely trending up right now. They might even be the hottest team in the NHL right now, Durham. Oh, they're just disgusting right now. Like, shame on anyone for thinking they were worrisome and might not make the playoffs this year. I think we talked about that last week, how that's kind of been a little bit of discussion around the league is, ooh, is Colorado going to pull it off? Bruh, they've had no Landeskog all year. They've had no Makar for, like, 12 of the last 14 games. They're still scoring three and a half goals a game, for fuck's sake. This team just plug and play, and away they go. I know they've lost so many bodies to injury as well. Like that back end was depleted for so long. I mean, Manson was out for a while too. Uh, Bowen Byram was out for a little bit as well. Again, like uh, they lost so much, so much, so many uh, games to injury this year. And like you said, a huge part of that team, Landis Cog hasn't even played one game. Right. Like, I think they said he just started skating and they're not even sure if he'll be back for playoff. Like, they don't even know if he's going to play this year. And Colorado's casually like, yeah, we're second in our division. Like, what? And they're seventh best in the whole league with goals against. So to to struggle that much with all those injuries all season long and to have stats like that, it's it's pretty incredible what they're still able to accomplish, man. It's, uh, you know, their top guys can just play. And I don't think. Rantanen's getting enough credit for the kind the kind of season that he's having Durham he's been so good for this Colorado team I think he's been the only guy that's actually played like pretty much every single game and he's been just like you said so good for this team and so consistent throughout the entire season yeah like crazy consistent like he's on pace for 55 goals this season which uh is you know is not getting talked enough 
or talked about enough in my opinion and he is the fastest player in Avs history to reach 40 goals uh you know he did it in 58 games and the previous record before that Durham was Sackick doing it in 65 games so you know a whole seven games faster than Sackick that's crazy that's a playoff series, everybody. That's how we judge things, but sittings are by the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But uh, Rantanen's just been uh, just an unbelievable player for Colorado. And you're running into a team who's 7-1-2 and two in their last 10 games. This is going to be a tough matchup. But again, one that might have more of that playoff atmosphere, especially, you know, determining how those first three games of the week go too. This, this could be a big one for the Kraken. This is very much, I think, going to be the only game of the week that feels anything remotely close to the ones like last week. The other ones, you might have some hard-fought games from the other teams like Detroit possibly, but Colorado is going to bring it. Yeah, 100% agree. So uh, what do you have uh, as a prediction for this week? I'll go 2-1-1. One, and one. Two, one, and one. Okay, I like it. I'm going three and one. I think, I think this is a big week for the crack, and they're able to put a bunch of points up on the board. Six out of eight, and uh, yeah, I don't think things are going to go well again in this Colorado game. But yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Excited, looking forward to it. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans. And Durham, there's so much news to go around. Some NHL news we got to talk about. But uh, first things first, let's get into a bit of the Kraken news. Because last week, uh, we seen goaltender, Kraken goaltender, Chris Drieger, getting placed on waivers for purpose of getting assigned to the AHL. What did you think about this? Honestly, I thought it was like, you have to make this move. You're not going to lose... You're not going to lose Jones and just put him on waivers and throw Dreger into an NHL game after not playing all season. Makes sense to get him down and get him some AHL games down there, get him some reps in, see how he's feeling, come back from the injury, and then hopefully it takes us to playoffs. Yeah, no, I think you have to make this move. Uh, talk about the timing, though. Like, great work um, from the Kraken to, to time this where you got a goalie like Chris Dreger who – what is making 3.5 uh that's a tough contract to take on especially uh you know being signed to still still signed for next season as well this is a move that you're able to make at a time where uh it's tight for a lot of teams they're looking to make moves obviously 
looking at today, a lot of trade deadline moves. Um, but this is one where the timing of it works out really well for the Kraken. And, and uh, luckily enough, no team decided to put a claim on Drieger and, and he still stays within the organization. So uh, that's, a, that's huge for the Kraken here. Yeah, it was kind of one that you had to figure was going to go through and not get claimed because like you say, the timing of it where everyone is so cap strapped right now. And also everyone's already got their two goalies up that don't need waivers to go down. Like it'd probably be what two or three teams that would even be able to just full blown take this on and keep him up there in the NHL without worrying about losing a second guy. Yeah, exactly. It's not an easy situation, but credit to just Ronnie Francis for pulling that off. And and uh, we'll have to keep an eye on just how many games Drieger does play and and what's going to happen, you know, in this next little bit with Chris Drieger, if he's going to get called up to the NHL this year and how they're going to maneuver that. I think if he does, it's going to be kind of right the last week or two before playoffs, because that's when you could be like, all right, well, Dreger's had injuries this year. Grubauer's had injuries this year. Neither of you have really played much, so we can kind of load manage it down there. Maybe Grubauer only plays a game or two in the final week to ease into playoffs if they're going to be there. I mean, hopefully that's the situation you're in where you can rest him, but you never know if maybe he's going to have to play every game down the stretch. Yeah, no doubt is it going to be a pretty interesting situation that they're in for sure, right? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, moving on, though, David Poyle uh, retires in Nashville. That came out of nowhere, Durham. Yeah, this was one, like, fuck, it came out of nowhere, like you said. Like, just blindsided everyone. I mean, back when the whole Trots hiring thing going around of he wanted to get into coaching and was looking for somewhere to get into management, possibly, Nashville was the team that came up the most, but it didn't make any sense at the time. I think we talked about it where we were like, why would any manager hire this guy to be the coach knowing he's coming after your fucking job too? Yeah, exactly. That It was a little weird when that was released, um, but, you know, Barry Trotz is – is uh, he would have been a huge name on the market this offseason for a lot, of, a lot of organizations that would have been seriously looking into Barry Trotz and trying to get him to become a part of their organization. But, uh, you know, those rumors are now uh, put to rest because he's taken over for David Poyle. What do you think of this move? I really like it. I actually just, just thought of something now to myself and chuckled. And it's the first coach in franchise history comes back to be the second GM. Has that ever happened before? I don't think so. No, that's such a rarity. That's pretty crazy. Like other than the times when Scotty Bowman got to do both and do whatever the fuck he wanted with the yeah. team. And no one yeah, had to no say kidding. anything to him. But He did that in Detroit, right? I think it was Detroit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty insane. It's insane how long David Poyle lasted as uh, like like GM in Nashville. 26 years. That's insane. Like I wonder where that ranks in like uh, like major sports in North America. Oh, I totally should have looked that up beforehand. It is interesting because 26 years, like that's almost how long I've been alive for, which is pretty insane. I am 27, so slightly have that beat. But yeah, just insane, bro. But moving on, some more NHL news. Bit of a dark side here that... K. Andre Miller suspended three games for spitting. Yeah, that was ugly. I mean, everything seems to be that no matter who you talk to, it's come down to it was kind of like an accidental 
hit with a crossfire sort of thing, you know, where Miller was just spitting and then Doughty happened to skate into the path and it hit him. But at the same time, like, bro, you're in a scrum. Like, if you're going to spit, maybe take, like, the half a second to fucking turn away from the 10 people in front of you. Yeah, yeah, it definitely didn't look like it was that intentional when we're taking a peek at it, obviously, on the replay. Uh, so just a, an unfortunate play. I mean, from the from what we know about Keandre Miller, he's a high-character guy, and, you know, I I just don't see him doing something like this on purpose. Uh, and it's not like he looked at him and made eye contact and, like, did a direct spitting into his face or anything. So um, I do got to say I don't think Keandre Miller really meant to do this. But at the same time, you have to be uh, aware of your surroundings, right? Exactly. I think that's what the stance everyone is taking. Like, we're all agreeing with it was an accident. Because if you look at, like, every Rangers fan, and I know every fan's going to kind of back their team. But at the same time, you're going to, in this situation like this, you're going to get fans that are like, oh, what an idiot. He's an asshole, blah, blah, blah. Tony D'Angelo when he was in New York. But now with the Keandre Miller thing, every single fan is like, wow, he is literally the last person on the Rangers I would have expected this from. So that kind of adds more weight to the, I'm sorry, it was a complete accident. I did not mean to get you. Yeah, 100%. Definitely agree with that. Um, moving right along here, Durham. We have a goalie goal. Oh, always exciting when these things happen. And this time it's Linus Allmark against the Canucks. Uh, just the third goalie to score in the last 10 years of NHL hockey, Durham. Yeah, it's freaking ridiculous. Like, I totally thought we'd see it a little more often than that but then to see the last one was Rene like three or four years ago I'm like what the hell really yeah back in uh like at the start of 2020 or something I believe it was uh yeah in 2020 Pekka Rene do you remember the one before that Marty Brodeur nope I'll give you two more guesses it was in 2013 shit no i don't i'm drawing a complete blank on it i even fucking saw the goalie goal list recently Ooh, that's tough uh this guy's known for having uh good puck moving abilities fuck off mike smith yep (laughs) nice call (laughs) good puck moving i'll piss off Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> hey, you, you got it. So congrats on that. But yeah, it's pretty cool to see uh, goalie goals. And he's actually just the third European goalie to actually score by shooting it directly in, Durham. Hmm. Who are the other two? Well, Pecorine. Fair, fair. And I don't even know who the other one is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know, have no idea a, either. That's a dash on me. Yeah, that, that's going back at some point that I definitely just don't remember. Um, All right, here's a goalie yeah, goal cool. stat. Okay. Vancouver is one of two NHL teams that have had a goalie score against them more than once. Who's the oh, other one? fuck me. You're just guessing at that point. Um, no fucking no clue. No clue. Just going to say one team. 
Carolina Hurricanes. Close. It's New Jersey. New Jersey. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. That's cool, though. But uh, Durham, let's move right along to uh, some trade talk here because today's been crazy. Last week, there's been some insane deals. You know, you're getting traded. You're getting traded. Everybody's getting traded. What's going on? Well, brace yourself. I'm going to run through just a couple small ones, and then we'll get to the good shit right away after that, the ones people really want to know about. But your basic small shit that started yesterday is Vegas is going to get rid of Shea Weber's money and send it to Arizona. And if you're wondering why they did that, they turned around and sent prospect Zach Dean to St. Louis to pick up Ivan Barbashev. So that's where Weber's money went. Speaking of cap dumps, Ottawa's going to send Nikita Zaitsev to Chicago along with a second-round pick this year and a fourth-round pick in fucking four years from now. Well, four drafts. It's three years, but whatever. Numbers add up. What Ottawa get for it? Cap space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just crazy, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's a lot of uh, draft capital there to give up just to get rid of uh, Zaitsev, so... Uh, but keep on going, Durham. We're not even close to being done. Oh, into the speed round. Montreal gets Denis Giryanov from Dallas for another Russian called Evgeny Dadanov. Say that trade six times fast. You can't. I tried. Vancouver gets Vitaly Kravtsov. We're sticking with the Russians for some fucking reason. What New York Rangers get? Will Lockwood, a seventh-round pick from Vancouver in 26, and the opportunity to trade for Patrick Kane. That's right. Showtime's going to New York, baby. You're thinking Chicago's got to get an ass load for this guy, right? Greatest American ever play the game. They got a fourth round pick this year and a second round pick that can become a first. That's if the same the deal. Rangers win. <laughs> it's like the same rounds. deal that Ottawa gave up just to get rid of Zaitsev. Crazy. Right? Like, All right. Keep, keep on going, uh, Derek. Keep on going. Oh, God. We're still going. Okay, Winnipeg gets Nito Nita Ryder, who's also signed for next year. What'd they give up? A second round pick to Nashville. When is it? Also next year. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but whatever. Boston, they're going to get Dmitry Orlov at 25% and Garnett Hathaway from Washington. And you're thinking, 25%. How the hell did they do that? Well, they sent a fifth round pick to Minnesota to eat the other 25%. Washington kept the first half because that's how it works. What'd Washington get for it? Craig Smith, so he'll play somewhere in the center lineup. I'm not sure where, probably the bottom of it. And they also got Boston's first this year, Boston's third next year, Boston's second the year after that, and some guy named Andre Zvetlikov that I've never fucking heard of. <laughs> and right, more. keep on going. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to group all the Leafs ones together because holy shit, they just oh threw my a God, bunch of monkeys dude, in a goddamn it? barrel today. Yeah. Remember that first that Boston gave up to Washington? Well, Washington's going to flip that and Eric Gustafson to Toronto for Rasmus Sandin. Okay. What else did Toronto do? You said they did a bunch of shit. Well, they traded Pierre Engvall to the Islanders and got their third in the 2024 draft pick. And then they turned around and traded Toronto's own third this year to Vancouver for Luke Shen, who's a kid they drafted like fucking 13 years ago. Fifth overall. <sighs> they're not done there. And they're not done with defensemen either, for Christ's sake. Remember Chicago? They're still making trades. The Leafs are going to get Jake McCabe at 50% and Sam Lafferty. And whichever is the lowest of Chicago's fifth-round picks, 
in 24 and 25. And in return, Chicago is going to get Joey Anderson, Pavel Gogolev, Gogolev, Gogols, whatever, Gogols, Toronto's first round pick in 2025, which is top 10 protected. One of the first picks that's been protected here. Smart guy. And a second round pick in 2026. Let me just look up. I think that's everything that's above that one. So now we're on to the big boys. And you're thinking big boys. That's like 18 fucking trades. Who's left? Well, freaking Timo time is coming to New Jersey, baby. That's right. The biggest trade, the biggest fish. And he's going there at half price. Timo Meyer at 50%. Scott Harrington, who got waived and already picked up by Anaheim, so he ain't even in the trade anymore. Zach Imond, who I don't know who that is. Santeri Hataka, that's another contract, I think. Timor Ibrahimov. I'm going to try that again. Ibragimov. There we go. Timur Ibragimov. Colorado's fifth in 2024, and that's what New Jersey got. You're thinking... What the fuck did they give up? They got like 18 things there. Yeah, San Jose is going to get Andreas Johnson, Fabian Zetterland, Nikita Okachuk, Shakir Makamadulin. And yes, I said that right. I tried it six times before we did this. New Jersey's first round pick this year. New Jersey's second round pick next year. New Jersey's seventh round pick in 2024. And what's funny is New Jersey decided to protect their pick for this year if they win the lottery. Like, dude, you could probably lose every game you have left and still make playoffs. And (laughs) next year, if New Jersey makes the Eastern Conference... Wait, hold on, not next year. Let me restart this part. The condition for next year's second round pick. If New Jersey makes the Eastern Conference final this this year and Meyer plays in half of the games or... If New Jersey makes the new or Eastern Conference final at all next year, then San Jose gets New Jersey's first in 2024. So that'll be two first round picks and a first round prospect and Fabian Zetterlund, who is a young pro or young player already playing in the top nine. Holy shit, that's a lot. That's a big trade. And you're thinking that's got to be the biggest one, right? I'm going to say no. Why? Because Tampa Bay got Tanner Janot. What'd they give up? Oh my God. They gave up Cal Foot, their first round pick in 2025, because that's the next time they're allowed to even come to the they fucking draft. They, they gave up Cal Foot, a left foot, and a right foot. It was crazy. Oh my God. That's funny. I wish I thought of that. That's all their feet. <laughs> Fuck. And then after the first round pick, too, they gave up a second round pick next year, a third round pick this year, a fourth round pick this year, a fifth round pick this year, and someone's firstborn child. But they did top 10 protect their first round pick in 2025. So good on them for that one. You must be done now, Alec. Hold on. Remember that breaking trade we had a couple hours and a half ago? Well, Edmonton (laughs) gets Matthias Eckholm and Nashville's sixth round pick. Nashville, in return, gets Edmonton's first-round pick this year, a fourth-round pick this year, first-round pick last year, Reed Schaefer, and defenseman Tyson Berry. Now I'm done. Insane. And the Predators retain 4% of Ekholm's remaining salary cap. 4%. Oh, yeah, to make him 6 mil dead on. (laughs) Holy crap. I think I'm sweating. I know. Just, you know what? Where's the cardio? Take a bow. That was Thank impressive. You. Thank you. Uh, just you, just listening to that uh, was hard enough just to follow along with. So the fact that you were able to spit that all out, congrats. 
that's pretty pretty amazing. I don't think I missed one. I just went back over everything. So yeah, hey, look, Minnesota Woo! acquired Gustav Nyquist. Oh shit! I did see that on Twitter, and I didn't add it. Dash okay. one. There's there's a lot there's a lot happening today. So uh, that I'm not counting that as a, as a dash at all. But pretty crazy that they decide to give up Tyson Berry in that trade because I don't know where where's all the offense going to be coming from. Yeah, I don't really know like who who's going to play on the power play now. Like, are they just gifting that to Bouchard? Reed Schaefer is a fantastic prospect too. Uh, so for him to be part of that deal is pretty huge for Nashville. Yeah, like he's a guy we wanted Seattle to take, hopefully, if he was going to drop down a little bit or they could trade up. But then Edmonton said, nah, we got him. Yeah, exactly. So um, just quickly going through some of these trades, are there any here that you uh, you really like? Are there any that you think are garbage or you don't really like? Um, what's your thoughts on some of the ones you just spit out for 28 minutes? Oh, fuck. That did take a long time, didn't it? Um, obviously, well, I like anything Boston does right now because you, you can't break them. Everything they touch turns to goddamn gold. Freaking yeah. Orlov had two assists in his first game, I think. Hathaway scored, I'm pretty sure. Like, what the hell? Boston just got way better. Uh, the Rangers getting Kane, I don't, I don't know. It kind of seems like that was just an organization caving to the pressure of Patrick Kane wants to come here, and I'm pretty sure our fans might burn our arena down if we don't bring Patrick Kane since he wants to be here. Yeah, that does create some crazy offense for the Rangers, though. That's that's a that's a wicked top nine that they're putting together. The only you know troublesome part that it's going to create a rift in the locker room now is. Panarin's going to have to pick which one of his best friends he wants to play with. Yeah, that, that could spell trouble in, uh, in New York City, baby. Because none of them are playing defense nearly hard enough to pretend they're a centerman. <laughs> no, not at all. I do like uh, St. Louis getting Zach Dean. That's a good prospect from Vegas for Ivan Barbashev. That's a nice deal. I do like that, too, for a guy that's probably going to be a pure rental. And I gotta admit, you're, the Leafs adding Jake McCabe and adding Luke Shen today, too, and then adding uh, Gustafson. I mean, they really, really amped up their their back end for this playoff run. Plus, you get Sam Lafferty, who leads the league in shorties, and that's a nice little add to that fourth line as well. So, the Leafs are making some really, really nice moves. I'm actually excited as all hell for the fucking playoffs in the east like the west looks like it's gonna be your typical good playoff games but like you say everyone in the east is just getting better and better and better you cannot have a better first round in the playoffs in any other sport than in the nhl and this year it's going to be absolutely banana lands of how good the first round of playoffs is going to be especially this Eastern conference is just crazy, bro. Right. Like I was listening to actually, it was funny. 32 thoughts just before we started recording here, see if there was any new inklings out there. And when they were running through the conferences of uh, breaking down the insider information, they've got Merrick decided that they were going to start with the buyers conference in the East. And when they were done with them, they would go to the sellers conference and talk about the West yeah no kidding that's that's how it's been right when you compare 
those two conferences, that's exactly what it's been. I think the best player that's went to the West is um, do, 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 do. Need a rider. Need a rider and Beauvillier, basically. Yeah, I guess you could call that fair. Yeah, yeah. either one of them. I was actually looking at picking up Beauvillier today until I, I seen someone already had him. Oren points on that top line. Right? Right. Something's working. Demko got his first win in, I'm not kidding, three months. Yeah, he was. Yeah, which is crazy. Obviously, injured a lot of that. But um, Durham brings up my next point. Obviously, a lot of trades going on. Why are the Seattle Kraken not part of these trades? Well, I have, I'm going to spit out a rhetorical question here because obviously you did hear them and we talked about them. But did you hear the prices for these trades? If yeah, I was a Seattle GM, there's no way I'd be going after any of this shit. It just doesn't make sense right now. I mean, the West is wide open, but there's not a lot of teams making a whole lot of moves. I mean, I guess Ekholm could be the best player. I mean, he's, I guess he stays in the West, so it doesn't really count. He doesn't go from East to West. But, um, yeah, I don't, it just doesn't make that much sense to give up futures for Seattle. They have a lot of good prospects. Uh, they got to continue just to build their prospect pool. And there's not a lot of guys I think are it's worth parting ways with in their prospect pool right now. So, uh, and, and to give up picks, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now, especially for a player who most likely is going to be a rental. Like if they can bring in, I think we talked about a depth centerman to really shore up the face-offs, which my God, they cannot win that I'm in for like, cause a depth center, you're not going to really give up anything. You're going to give up a guy who maybe becomes a depth center. Yeah, you're not talking about a first-round pick or one of your best prospects. You're talking about, like, you know, depth for depth, basically. Exactly. So that's something I could see them kind of going for. But also, like you said, with the West being wide open, you got to look at your team and the teams around you and say, okay, are the Seattle Kraken a move or two away from winning the West? I don't think so. I think there's a lot of pieces like, what are you going to do that puts you over the top of Colorado or Edmonton even? Yeah, exactly. It just, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the Kraken. I mean, they already have an opportunity to get into the playoffs and, and make a bunch of noise and they're already really deep for the most part on forward. And, you know, maybe they could use a stud on D, but right now just, it doesn't seem to be the right move to try to make that type of move. So, uh, I think they're going to stand pat for the most part. You might see, like you said, some depth somewhere in the lineup getting filled in. Uh, but other than that, it makes the most sense to stay a put. Yeah. I think just kind of even keel, see what you got and let your young kids gain the experience. Like we talked about with Beneers getting the playoff atmosphere, let him be the guy you lean on this year and learn from that experience. Yeah, exactly. I did think that just makes the most sense. And I think another big reason why is uh, Durham, this Kraken team, when we look at it, they may have the easiest remaining schedule of any NHL team left. Yeah, you pointed that out to me today. With the, Do you want to run through the numbers there for the playoff teams? Yeah, just kind of looking at the remaining 23 games and 14 of those remaining 23 games are against non-playoff teams and that ranks them in the top two in the NHL for uh, 
basically easiest schedule. So that's going to be a huge advantage for the Kraken going forward to make sure they do solidify their playoff spot and maybe get some home ice advantage if they're able to string together a nice little uh, winning streak again, like we've seen them go on a few times already this season where they've reached, you know, six, seven uh, game winning streaks. So uh, if they can string another one of those together and, and play nice and consistent throughout the, the remainder of the games too, they could definitely squeeze in some home ice advantage going into the playoffs. Yeah. Especially if, I mean, obviously the last nine games there that are playoff teams are more likely going to be Western conference teams, just considering you play the East, twice and that's it right yeah so if you can win those nine games like no obviously not not all nine but if you can pick the right nine to get you could absolutely leapfrog a team or two in your division absolutely so i think if there is a silver lining here um it's that the kraken do have one of the best schedules going forward and and that's you know that starts this week you know three of the four teams they're facing are uh, current non-playoff teams and these are ones that you're going to have to get some of those points up on the board so um yeah that's i'm all for it baby so that that's huge for the kraken durham you want to give us the stat of the week i'm sorry everybody our stat of the week is not a very happy one but it is kind of funny as hell like i got a good laugh out of it i don't know how this even happens but the kraken were <laughs> the only team in the nhl that's 32 teams by the way to not get a win in their reverse retro jerseys this year. Like, I'm going to go back to what I said seven seconds ago. How does that even happen? No idea. That's just insane. But it's time to just scratch the uh, reverse retro, you know, dump that out. They're done playing with them anyways. And looking forward to see what the new jersey gets brought in for next season. Yeah, they did look nice, but they obviously didn't perform. So we're going to have to put them on waivers and hopefully someone will claim them. Yeah, hopefully, or they're just going to get, you know, assigned to uh, the AHL forever because we're never going to see him again. Careful, Chris. Yeah, I am excited to know, like, what what the New Jersey will, will look like next year because, you know, obviously there's the Metropolitans and they got some past in Seattle and the NHL and some really cool options to go with. So, uh, you know, I think the fans were a little bit disappointed too that it was just the same uh, same symbol for the jerseys. The, the jerseys did have a bit of that throwback look with the barber. You know, you get a bit of that new uh, bright colors going in there, but uh, they just didn't work this year, Durham. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed in no logo change either. Like even if you just threw out your secondary logo with the space needle in there and use that, I think that could have looked damn good. Yeah, and it's not the only jersey that disappointed with the second edition of the reverse retros too. There was a couple that were like, meh, just didn't hit the spot. Right, like, I mean, freaking Detroit sucked as per usual. Oh my God, it's just, yeah, those were horrible. Just absolutely horrible. Um, One more refresh on Twitter to see if uh, anything's going on here. Yeah, I, uh, I don't see anything yet. A lot of... Penguins talk with Vancouver, but nothing, nothing really going on there. I uh, seen the latest sure tweet is that they're it's thinking it's not Brock Besser. Who the fuck knows anymore? There's been yeah. a lot of talk around Demko though, and Pittsburgh for the last couple weeks. So I think it could oh, be a Demko okay. and Jerry swap. Man, if they do fucking like Demko and Miller or Besser, 
just fuck it blow it up start over <laughs> oh that's funny um anything else to add nope just that i am panicking with what could happen in the next five days panicking mannequin all right well uh this will wrap up episode number 18 hopefully we get a big big win against the blues to get things going for the week thanks everyone for tuning in and make sure to rate this episode five stars if you've enjoyed it and stay tuned for episode 19 when we talk about what other moves are made and whether or not the Kraken make a move Durham. So uh, hopefully we're talking about some big wins though, by this time next week and uh, Durham, let's get the puck out of here. Cheers, everybody. Peace.